This is episode 84, Finally Feeling Good Enough No Matter What with Jen. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Welcome back. And if you're really digging the show, I always appreciate it when you leave a rating and review on iTunes. Just go to iTunes and search for Over It and On With It. It really means a lot and helps the show. And it also helps if you share about it with your friends, post on social media. I appreciate it. All of you who posted for our Inner Circle giveaway, we did give away those memberships, but no, you can still join Inner Circle. It's my membership community where you get all my behind the scenes hacks, access to coaching calls, meditations. There's a focus of every month where we focus on really growing a certain quality and there's daily practices and it's just an amazing community. If you have questions about it, you can email jill at christinehassler.com and she will answer your questions and help you navigate as to whether or not Inner Circle is right for you. So a quick other announcement, and I talked about this last week as well, and I'm so excited. So many of you have been asking me to do a retreat for men and women, and I really wanted to co-facilitate it with a man. And so one of my favorite men in the whole world, one of my bestest friends, Aubrey Marcus and I are going to be facilitating a retreat in Austin over Memorial Day weekend. If you don't know Aubrey, go back and listen to my interview with him on my podcast podcast. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. And Aubrey is pretty amazing. He's an incredible CEO of a very successful company called Onnit.com. And he also is a total seeker. He values consciousness above all else. He's on a huge mission. And we have always have a lot of fun together. We always have incredible talks. And I just know this is going to be in a, a really powerful event come on your own, come with your spouse or partner. The focus is love. And so we're really talking about how to become masterful at love. And we're going to be talking about self-love, our relationship with self, romantic love, and also our love of community, purpose, higher power, that kind of big love. So all the email is going to be linked in the show notes. All my social media sites are going to have it as well. If you can't find any information on it, again, just email jill at christinehasler.com and she will hook you up. This will fill up fast. You're not going to want to miss it. And if you haven't been to Austin, Austin's my hometown. And if you haven't been there, this is a great excuse to get to Austin. It's over Memorial Day weekend. The retreat's going to be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then you have Monday to explore Austin maybe travel back later that night. Um, it's a really, really amazing city. So don't miss out on this. And I'd love to see you all there. Okay. Today's episode has to do with not feeling good enough. And I know a lot of you out there can relate to that or some version of it. This limiting belief can show up in a variety of ways. I'm not good enough. I'm not deserving. I'm broken. I'm not lovable. Something's wrong with me. And it can lead to insecurity, people-pleasing, and accepting dysfunctional relationships or relationships in which you just don't feel seen or heard, not pursuing your dreams, body image issues and eating disorders, or the pattern of continuing to sabotage things in your life because deep down you fear you don't deserve them. 
bottom line, believing you are not good enough in any way is just no good in any way. You probably already know this, but even if you do, you still can't seem to let this belief go, which is super frustrating because you know you should love and accept yourself, but you do not feel yourself changing. If you can relate to that, then you're going to love my coaching with Jen today. It takes a bit of time to get into the meat of this call, which I do rather intentionally. So be sure to keep listening to hear when I shift the gears of my conversation with Jen. As you are listening, consider, do you struggle with not feeling good enough? Do you doubt you are worthy or capable of having the things you truly want in your life? When you do get close to what you want, do you often sabotage it or doubt that you can keep it? Do you make your enoughness conditional? For example, when I lose that weight, then I'll date. Or when I have this amount of money, then I'll go for my dreams. Or when I finally get the approval and acceptance of my father, then I'll finally feel good about myself. Stop making your enoughness conditional. Consider that and all those questions as you listen to my coaching session with Jen. Jen, hello. Welcome to the show. What's your question? Um, I don't really have so much of a question as I guess like I just need help kind of moving through some like past traumas and like figuring out, I guess, how to deal with it and like move forward and like not letting this like narrative that I've like created for myself just kind of dictate my future as it has been, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, I've just had like some like traumatic breakups in the past like five years, like two in particular that have just like really rocked my world. Um, and then I just have like past trauma from childhood in terms of just like messages that I was raised with, not necessarily like, you know, traumatic events happening. Um, and I just feel like these messages just keep, you know, carrying over into my adult life. And, you know, I just like don't know how to like not like have them keep proving true over and over again, if that makes sense. Yeah, completely. What were the messages? Um, Messages have been like, you know, that I was never good enough. Things I didn't do were ever like enough. Um, It could have just been like, you know, grades or just like doing chores, just like little things like that, that just where the message was always kind of like, you know, the bar is set here and you're not meeting the bar. So Um, your parents literally said to you, this is not good enough. You are not good enough. Or did you make something mean that? No, like I don't, God, it's like I've done, I've done a lot of like mental health, like, you know, talk therapy, like since my mid twenties and I'm like 33 now. So I've definitely like, I don't like to blame my dad anymore because I feel like I know where this originates from, but it was more, it was more him than it was my mother. They had very different like views on raising us. So I think my dad, uh, you know, he's a very black or white person. It's a very my way or the highway. And if it's not my way, then it's not right. And if you didn't do it this way or to this degree, then it's not right. It's not good enough. And that could be something like you didn't make your bed the way that I have instructed you to. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to like redo it like after you've done it. So to me, the message was just always like, well, it wasn't good enough. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Same thing with grades, you know, things were just like always kind of set to like a high standards. So if it was like, you come home with a B plus, well, why wasn't it an A like that kind of a thing? Okay. And I think like, he's just always kind of like instilled, like his view is that like everyone's out, you know, for number one, everyone's out for themselves. So like, 
you know, you really can't rely on other people. And I think like, you know, like people will always disappoint you. And I feel like when I experience that, like in romantic relationships or friendships, it's like, it's proving what I've been like taught. Right. Even though like, those aren't like the views that I want to hold. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So what's all the emotion that comes up around this for you? Like sometimes I'm just like, Jesus, like I'm 33. Like, why am I still like talking about this? Like, why am I still dealing with this? Like, why can't I just like figure it out? Like, why am I so stuck? Mm. Like I have all the awareness, you know, like I kind of just either I haven't found like a good therapist in recent years, but it's like, you know, I sit there and it's like, they're not telling me anything that I don't already know. You know, I already know like, you know, and it just seems like I'm just... I had like listen to one of your episodes the other day with like some chick named Gabby. And I was like, Oh, her and I could be friends. Cause like, I totally get what she's like going through. <laughs> like, I have all this awareness, but like, I can't things aren't shift shifting my thinking. Yeah. And I yeah. can't like, I just am a, like a self-sabotager and I do self-destructive things. And I'm like aware in the moment that I'm like being self-destructive. And I like, what kind of self-destructive things, things, things do you do? Patterns. Um, well, like I have, like I've had for years, like disordered eating in terms of emotional eating. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there have been periods in my life where it's like, it just sort of like disappeared. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, like I equate those times with when I've been in a relationship. So like, that's something I'm not like too proud of, or like, I don't like that it's, um, tied into that. You know what I mean? Right. I tend to like not follow through on stuff. Like I'll take guitar for like a month and then I'll like leave it by myself, like leave it, you know, down the wayside. Um, I have like stacks of like self-help books and they're just sitting on my shelf and I might read like 25 pages and then like, I just sort of put them down and I don't like finish them. Like, well, part of this is because this is one of the most frustrating things about personal growth and, and can be frustrating about therapy too, is you can psychoanalyze yourself to death but things aren't changing. So you've explored the why you understand where this comes from. Let's not go Mm -hmm. that route. Obviously this is still serving you in some way. Yeah. Like this whole not enoughness Mm -hmm. thing, this whole self-sabotage thing that the costs of this are evident, but the payoffs are a little more subtle. So how do you think this is any pattern that we're holding on to consciously and unconsciously we're holding on to it because we think we still need it. So as much as you don't yeah. like this, part of you does. Part of you still needs it. It's like the only thing I know. It's like, yeah, it's like, it's like I, it's like the only thing I know in a way. Well, that's not true because if you know that you want something different, it can't be the only thing you know. If this was the only thing you knew, you wouldn't think this was a problem. Right. So it's not, it's not the only thing you know, and you've had experiences of it being different. So just notice that, and this is not, I have, I have zero judgment of you, Jen, zero. I'm just here to serve you. Mm-hmm. I'm just pointing out right. that you have a strong attachment to this story about yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as much as you want to let it go, there's a part of you that doesn't think you can. And I think part of what has been so frustrating about it is that you've come at this from the perspective of there's something wrong with you every time that you've tried to quote unquote fix it which is exactly how you felt as a child. Like it wasn't enough. Something was wrong with you. You were broken in some way. That like sex in the city episode where like, 
Carrie goes to therapy and they're talking about all her different boyfriends and like the therapist is kind of like, well, the only thing they have in common is you. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, so you're clearly the problem. And I think I've just like internalized this and like applied it to my life because I've had like, you know, obviously like failed romantic relationships. And I feel like I've lost a lot of friendships over my, you know, the years, just like either naturally just because of like getting older and moving and things like that, or people getting married and like going into different phases of life or fallouts. But I guess like, I just keep coming back to this. Well, I'm the only thing that all these things have in common. So it has to be me. Well, it it is in the sense that this is what you believe. And we create our life according to our belief systems. So if this is what you believe about you and this is what you believe about your life, then it continues to happen. Mm -hmm. But you can, you can change that, you know, when you change your beliefs and beliefs in order to change beliefs, we have to change behavior because there's some part of our mind that's like actions speak louder than words. Yeah. Yeah. And I think part of this is it doesn't sound like you're, it seems like you're very self-focused. Yes. Which is what you said to the other girl. <laughs> yeah. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't remember every. No, it was back from like November and, or October. So I just happened oh. to have it like playing and I was like, oh my God, she's going to tell me like the exact same stuff. <laughs> like, okay. It's, it's not that I, the thing is that like, I tend to like withdraw and isolate, which is like my way of kind of like, not being vulnerable and like not leaning on friends or like my family, like when I probably should be reaching out to them most, but it's because like, I just like, feel like I don't want to burden them. Like they're not going to get it. Like who wants to be around this like negative energy. So I just kind of like go into myself and like, I obviously know right. like that's not what I should be doing, but like my behavior continues to like do that. Or like maybe if I emotionally eat and then I don't feel comfortable or I don't have anything that quote fits to wear, then it gives me like, I guess an excuse of like, Oh, I can't go out to dinner. Cause like, you know, I don't have anything to wear. And then it just like allows me to withdraw, you know, mm-hmm. withdraw, isolate and stay in that story of I'm not good enough and see yourself self-sabotaging. Yeah. Yeah. So why do you want to change this? Because I'm not happy. Like, and I know it's just like, it's just like, I don't know. I just like, I'm so sick of feeling this way and so sick of like thinking this way. And so what would your life be like if you didn't feel this way and think this way? I think I would just feel like weightless in a way, like freer or something. I don't even know. And I feel like I've experienced like feeling like, like getting rid of those feelings before, but unfortunately like they're wrapped up in when I was in a relationship. Right. Cause it was all about the other person. So there was a lot of projection going on. And I just place a lot of, of my worth on like external validation, you know, or mm-hmm. like, well, that's what you were searching for from your dad. So yeah. I mean, I've done things, I've gotten better. Like I used to like try to fill voids, obviously like with food. I understand I do that. I used to do that with shopping, like, like really impulsively or like, you know, and I don't do that anymore, you know? So I've like made some strides forward, but I always feel like sometimes I go two steps back. Right. So I'm going to point another thing out to you. And again, no judgment. Mm -hmm. We've been speaking a little more than 10 minutes. Right. And 
you've done most of the talking. And so far, you just have been talking about how this is a problem and telling me your story. Right. You haven't really asked for help. You haven't really asked for advice. You, when I started to go in a direction, it was like, I know. And then it was back into the story. Okay. So I'm just showing you how committed you are to the story. You think this is your identity. And as long as you think that, it's not going to change. How do I change? So the first, (laughs) good question. (laughs) So do you believe you can? I'd like to think so. That's not enough, Jen. I can change it. See, it's like you have such a, a, such a fierce inner critic and such a negative orientation to anything that you've done that I feel like you're almost afraid to say, I believe I can change it because you just think you're going to let yourself down. I'm afraid of failing. Right. I get that. I get that because of everything that's happened to you. But do you know what? Everybody's afraid of failing until you start failing and you realize it's really not that big of a deal. And that's how you learn. And there really is no such thing as failure. There's just something didn't turn out like we planned and we choose another direction or we backtrack a little bit and we keep going. You're really talking about upgrading a belief system. You're talking about evolving. This isn't going to be an overnight process. It's going to be step by step by step. And you've got to look for progress, not perfection here. But I think because this is so severe, you want such a severe shift that if you don't have such a severe shift, you think you're not making any progress at all. You lose hope and then you backtrack 10 steps. Sounds about right. (laughs) So a big part of this is going to be commitment. Number one, like a commitment to, I believe that I can shift this. This is not who I am. This is who I became because of things that have happened to me, which I have forgiven because this isn't about blaming parents or blaming dad. This is a programming in my brain. And, and the thing is like you have neural nets in your brain that are programmed this way. Maybe you've heard me explain it on the podcast before. Repetitive thoughts create grooves in our brain and our thoughts naturally go there. So if we have repetitive thoughts, if I'm not good enough, then it's not, anything's going to happen. It's like a waitress can forget to take your order and you, you think it's because you didn't order good enough. You know, it's just, it just naturally goes to that place until you start forming new neural nets in your brain. And it's going to take really strong pattern interrupt for you of doing the opposite because you have, you have had the talk therapy, mm-hmm. but it's really the behavioral shifts that are going to start to shift this for you. So in those moments where you want to call a friend, but you don't, and so you eat ice cream or potato chips or whatever it is that you eat or sit and watch TV and isolate yourself, it's calling your friend and being like, Hey, I almost didn't call you because I didn't want to be negative. So I'm not going to be negative, but I just like, tell me about your day. I just want to talk. Okay. And, and sort of doing the opposite of what you'd normally do. And it's, it's knowing when you have those negative thoughts or the I'm not good enough thoughts and the thought train kind of starts to take off, you just go stop. Like in expectation hangover, I talk called the woeing technique. It's like, whoa, stop. Yeah. This is not my direction. And consciously choose a different thought. And the other thing is, you know, the the whole self-focus thing, what are you passionate about? What's your what's your mission? How do you want to impact? Um I don't know if I've like truly found my passion, I guess, in the sense of like, I don't know. 
guess I don't. Well, it's really hard to find your passion when you're constantly trying to fix yourself because you think you're broken. Yeah. I mean, I say like I work with kids and like I want to like be good at my job because I want to like help them and I like don't want them, I guess, to like grow up with messages and like somehow turn out to be an adult like me. (laughs) What's so wrong with you? What I hear is a very loving, considerate, self-aware, compassionate woman. Nothing's wrong with you. The essence of who you are is not broken. You just have some belief systems and some operating systems that need some upgrading. That's all. Can you help me figure out the tools to get there. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it, girl. <laughs> Stay with me. But part of the problem from my point of view, is you really think this is an insurmountable problem. And anytime we think something is so huge, it's, it's incredibly daunting. So let's talk about some tools. I gave you a couple. What are the ones I've given you so far? To do the opposite of what I would normally do. (laughs) So, and what else? Um, kind of just like stop my thoughts in their track, which which is something I do. Yeah. Okay, good. And do you choose a new thought in that moment? I try to. I do. I mean, like normally, like when my thoughts kind of go from A to Z, like super quick, I do have to say out loud, like stop, you know, and I just try to just think of something else. So I do. Right. So just make sure when you do stop, you're not doing it like a traffic cop. Okay. You're doing it with love. Okay. And and choose something that starts to form new neural nets because you don't just want random different thoughts. You want to start to program in a new direction. You want to form a new neural net. So you want to have something similar that you go to, like I am enough. I'm doing the best I can. I'm lovable just the way I am. You want to start like redirecting thoughts toward that. So being more self-compassionate. Yes. You don't want to just redirect to random things like thinking about your grocery list or something like that. Like you want to, you want to form a new groove in your brain Okay. with those self-affirming, self-compassionate thoughts. Okay. Now let's, let's talk about the kids. How old are the kids you work with? Uh, they're three to five years old. Okay. <laughs> Tell me about them. When, when you're around those kids, what do you notice about them? Describe them to me. Oh, they're like the cutest things ever. I mean, they're just so innocent. They're so like eager to learn and they just like, you know, they really want to be around you and just, I don't know, they're just happy and they're just having fun. (laughs) Mm. Well, it's no mistake that you're in this job. Do you see how blessed you are? I really do. Do you see how basically the universe is giving you the exact picture of what you want to be. Yeah. You get to be around it every day. Yeah. They're your teachers. I never thought about it like that. Talk about tools. You've got a bunch of cutie three to five-year-olds who are cutest thing you've ever seen, innocent, eager to learn, eager to learn, not trying to fix themselves, eager to learn, fun to be around, that joy, that love. Like they're modeling to you how to be with you. I think I've just was so focused on like hoping that they don't like turn out like me, that I was missing the point that I should try to be more like them. <laughs> exactly. 
Look at how much focusing on what's wrong with you keeps you from seeing what's right in front of you. It's not that you're sabotaging your life. It's that you have blind spots because you're not seeing yourself accurately. You're not really seeing accurately. So maybe you're picking people or situations that aren't the best for you and missing out on the lessons and the blessings that are right in front of you. Like in a lot of ways, you, you get to reconnect to little Jen through them because that's the essence of who you are, like who we are from three to five before we have a lot of programming and a lot of belief systems. It's like we're old enough to be little people with opinions and communication and everything, but it's before we're really sort of impacted by everything that we've picked up on. We're still really kind of connected to, to source at that time and to our essence and to love. And so I don't know how this job came into your life, but in a lot of ways, this is, <laughs> this is what you're seeking. How did this job come into your life? <laughs> I def I was um, let go from a position before it and then kind of thought that that was like such a big catastrophe that had happened to me and then just applied for new jobs. And then this one sort of fell in, not fell into my lap, obviously, like, you know, I applied for it and I don't know, it was just kind of like that door closed and I thought it was such a horrible thing, but then this one opened and then like, this is just such a better work environment situation. And it's just, you know, 180 degrees different from like where I was before. So it's been, it has been a blessing in that sense, you know? Yeah. If every day you could go to work with the intention of using these kids as a mirror, using these kids as a way to reconnect to yourself, using these children, not using in an exploitive way, but mm -hmm. just really t just seizing this beautiful opportunity. Because if you are showing up with them, if you are showing up with the thought, oh gosh, I hope they don't turn out like me, then your judgment of yourself is blocking their ability to really feel you and feel your heart. Mm -hmm. Right. And we show up so much, but like if I was sitting here coaching you and the whole time I was in my own head, evaluating myself during the process, how, how seen and supported you think you'd feel? Not very. No, because I wouldn't be really with you. I'd be in my own head. So get out of your head and be with these kids. And if you really allow them in and you really just allow yourself to be playful and be fully you and not be judging yourself in the process, I bet a lot of healing would happen. Because the thing too that I will share with you is that there's all the awareness and there's all the psychoanalysis and then there's just grace. And sometimes people or situations are brought into our life. And if we just really just let it in, that is the tool. It does the work for us. And you've got this amazing, unconditional love and you're being shown what a person looks like before they get kind of programmed. Yeah. And that's who you are. So be more like them. Okay. I can do that. You can totally do that. 
And this doesn't have to be as hard as you think. Part of what makes things so hard for you is just the second guessing and the judgment. But if you can lighten up on that, you'd, you'd literally lighten up. And the other thing, and you've probably heard me say this on the show, I would get a picture of little Jen and talk to her every day, especially like after you get home from work and your heart's really full from the kids. Look at this picture of little Jen, maybe write her letters and tell her all the things you wish you would have heard. Because that's another way we can reprogram our brain is Mm -hmm. we start writing to like younger parts and talking to younger parts of ourselves and just writing in a journal, everything. Another really good tool for you Mm -hmm. would be to do a voice memo. You have an iPhone. So just on the voice memo app, do a voice memo, just saying all the things that you want to program in your brain. Our own voice is very hypnotic. So you are good enough. You are innocent. You are the cutest thing. You are full of possibility. You are lovable. All of those things. And use that like when you're reaching for TV or food or whatever, listen to that voice memo instead. Let that fill you up. Because you didn't get filled up with a lot of unconditional love, you're looking to boyfriends or food or whatever it may be to fill you up. But those things never will. I've heard you talk a lot about like trauma release writing. Mm-hmm. Is that something I should be doing? <laughs> what kind of trauma do you feel like you need to release? I think it's just still like the same, just like from breakups, I guess. Just like I still hold a lot of anger. Um, you know, sometimes I just feel like my voice didn't get to be heard mm-hmm. or like I didn't have a say. What did you want to say that you didn't say? Um, I don't know. I guess like the funny thing is, is that like the most recent breakup wasn't even like the, the serious relationship that I have. It was just like in the nature in which it ended. And like I was out of town and it was like via text. So I like literally did not get a say in it. And it was just so unexpected. And by the time I got home, like this person was like literally in a very serious relationship and I'm talking within a matter of six days. (laughs) So I guess I just Mm -hmm. felt like I never got a say to be like, to ask like, why did you even date me? Or like, why couldn't you wait till I was done with my holiday? Or like, why didn't I get a say in this? Or, you know. And what would the answers to those questions do for you? Probably nothing. It wouldn't change, I guess. Exactly. You know, probably nothing. It just gives you another reason to have this story. It just gives you another reason to believe things are really hard for you. And another reason to believe you have all the stuff in your past that you have to get over. Okay. That makes- How much longer do you want to carry around this baggage? not anymore I mean like sometimes I mean again that's like where I'm just falling into old patterns I just get hard on myself because I feel like again you know like I'm 33 it's like I don't want to be writing the same journal (laughs) exactly I'm still doing it on the phone with you (laughs) well but you're catching yourself and that's great and the, the great thing about 33 is it's our it's known as our Christ year 
or a booty year. <laughs> this is what I've been told. That. And it's, yeah, yeah, it's because that's the year that, that that's how old Christ was when he was resurrected and when Buddha got his consciousness enlightenment. And so it's an amazing age. And this is really the, the age for so many of us where we break free from the past. It's like we choose, am I going to die and basically be resurrected? Am I, am I going to really let the old version of me die off? The story, the limiting beliefs, the identity that I've carried around that isn't me. Am I going to let that die off? And it's scary because that story is so familiar. So it feels really scary because it's like, who am I without this? Even though we really, really want to be rid of it, there's still a part of it that's like, well, who am I without this programming and this patterning and this story? It's like, who would Jen be without all this story about the trauma and the breakups and my dad was so hard on me and da, 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 yeah. But this is your year to let it go. And so, sweetheart, you've got to focus more on where you're going, not where you've been. You've got to focus more on the dreams that you want to achieve, the people you want to impact what you want to create in your life, who you want to become. You're looking in your rearview mirror way too much and you're not going to get anywhere if you keep looking behind you. It's time to move forward and use these kids as a great example of what to be reborn as. How do you feel in this moment? I kind of feel hopeful. Like I can actually like Good. see some of their faces like in my brain, like as you're talking mm. and it just kind of like makes me excited to go back to work tomorrow. Yeah. And look and see when we bask in the gratitude and we're like, oh my gosh, God, like I'm, I was so set up. I can't believe this is my job. This is the thing I so want to heal. And I've been given like this, <laughs> this amazing <laughs> job that's an outer reflection of the internal reality I'm trying to experience. Like when we are like, whoa, and we bask in that gratitude. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm so glad you're making it because it's really important. So that and getting committed to something other than you, you know, your dreams, your goals, how you want to serve, who you want to impact. It doesn't have to be big. You don't have to go start a nonprofit. Starting with those kids is a great example, but stop judging yourself so much that you're not showing up fully with them. Be you. And that would translate to showing up better in friendships as well, I'm guessing. 100%. Yeah. It's a difference between vulnerability and negativity. I'm around my friends a lot and they share struggles they're going through, but they don't share it from the place of a victim. When we're in hopeless, helpless energy, it's like, ugh. I know. Nobody wants to be around that. That's, Only other yeah. hopeless, helpless people want to be around hopeless, helpless energy. <laughs> so you can share as a and, – and when you go back and you listen to this call, when this is up, you'll hear in this call where you've shifted from victim to vulnerability. So you know how to do it. So yeah, be vulnerable, but just don't be a victim. Don't be hopeless, helpless. Share about your aha, share about what you're learning, share about maybe how you were struggling, but you caught yourself. 
Just be vulnerable. Don't be a victim. But no more isolating because you're so lovable and you have such a sweet spirit. And there's so much of Jen that I think is hidden through judgment. And it's time for her to come out. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Does this give you some direction? It does. I think it just, again, it's just like the encouragement and just like the clarity that I needed. And even though like I've kind of heard these things before, I've told myself these things before, it's just like the accountability for actually doing them. Yes. Nothing's going to change if your behavior doesn't change. You got to make different choices. Yeah. I believe in you. Thank you. <laughs> do you believe in you? I do. I do. Tell me three amazing things about Jen. <laughs> um, God. I think that I am really loyal and I'm really honest. And I think that I want the best for like my friends and the people in my life. I'm a really good dog mom and dog cat <laughs> or cat mom. <laughs> you know, I think I just I think I'm funny. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much to Jen for sharing so authentically in this session and also for being willing to drop your story. As you heard, I did let Jen go on and on about her story for a while because I was waiting to see if and when she'd drop it and ask for help. The fact that she didn't simply demonstrated how attached and identified with her story she actually was. And this is the thing that all of you coaches, anyone who is working with a coach or therapist really needs to hear. If you're more committed to keeping your story than you are to truly letting go of it, you are uncoachable. Seriously, coaches, you must be strong with people on this one. We all get very attached to our limiting beliefs because they are familiar, comfortable, and often get us the attention we are seeking and the validation or even sympathy for how hard our life is. And if your coach or therapist is continuing to let you go on and on and on and on about your story and over-process it, it may be time for a new one, both a new story and a new coach or therapist. And yes, of course there is merit to discussing our past and healing memories. You've heard me do this with people on the show. It's what so much of Expectation Hangover is about. But we do it with vulnerability, compassion, and eventually forgiveness so we can let it go, get over it, and on with what we want to create. Like I said to Jen, if you continue to look in your rearview mirror, you will never move forward. Plus, you might miss out on what's right in front of you. How awesome is it that Jen is working in a job right now where she spends her days with three to five-year-olds who are the living embodiment of joy, innocence, and self-love that she's yearning for. It was right in front of her, but she was so committed to her story of not being enough and not wanting them to turn out like her that she was blind to this huge blessing. The other thing I really want to highlight from this call is the importance of shifting behavior. Awareness without action is merely psychological entertainment. It's not going to create change. So some takeaways for you. 
First of all, be honest with yourself. How attached are you to your story? Really, truly, do you believe you can change? And how often are you telling it? Stop telling your sob story. Stop saying all the reasons why you don't have what you want. Start telling a new story. And you can do that by doing the opposite of what you normally do, like a coach Jen. In those moments where you feel like sitting on your couch, feeling sorry for yourself and eating a pint of pint and Jerry's, go out, call somebody, take a yoga class, take a dance class, go to the freaking library, just get out of your house. Next, practice release writing to release emotions and the woeing technique to stop your thoughts and redirect them. All those tools are in expectation hangover. So if you don't have a copy of that, you can get it. And remember, you can get a free trial at audible.com if you want to listen to my book and others at audibletrial.com slash over it and on with it. And we'll be sure to put that link in the show notes as well. And finally, have a picture of your little one. Connect to that innocence, that joy, that love. I love giving this tip. This is one I give often, but how many of you have actually done it? How many of you have actually found a picture of you as a little boy or little girl and use it as a way to generate compassion and love and self-acceptance? So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you again to Jen. If you think that someone you know could benefit from this podcast, please share about it. And remember to check out the retreat I'm co-facilitating with Aubrey Marcus in Austin. Love practice makes the master. All the links are in the show notes. All right, everybody have a beautiful day until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It and On With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.